thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and I'm a little bit scared today for a number of reasons and the man who has been infecting me with fear for so many reasons is the number one wellness expert on the planet, the number one longevity guru on planet Earth, Dr. Damien Christoph. I am shaking in my skin for so many reasons. Great to see you, great man. Hello, Piercy. I'm um, I'm worried for you. I don't know why you're so scared. Um, this is a safe space. We've had safe words, and um, and everything is all good. So I don't know why you're scared, but I'm here for you, brother. I'm here to look. Well, there's you. a. I've got to ask you. Um, okay. and and for those that are watching this on on YouTube, uh, thanks to me, our producer, for publishing 100 Not Out on YouTube. Um, there's conjecture, and I will always discuss this at a dinner party. That Michael Jackson, the great Michael Jackson, had a had a condition called vitiligo, which which affected the color of his skin. Now, I have just seen your two hands, your left and your right hand, and they are. I'll be politically incorrect. No, if I'm politically incorrect, I'll get cancelled. So I'm just going to say that your two hands are a different color. Can you just raise them in front of the camera and explain? For the viewers and the listeners who are visualising, what is going on there? I'm concerned for you. Oh, don't be concerned, Piercy. This is a result of a lot of recreation. Like if I take my watch off, you can definitely see, right? So it's a continuation. So I wear a golf glove on my left hand and um, and so as a result, when it's warm, my right hand gets good vitamin D exposure and my left hand um, becomes malnourished. And so that's what's happened. Um, so my left hand needs to take a vitamin D supplement. Essentially, I was going to say, yeah, there's a di- there's a there's a risk of diabetes in that left hand. I could would die. imagine it might have chicken diabetes fat of the cells. golf course. Yeah, I could have chicken fat <laughs> in its cells. That's what's going on. <laughs> now, you and I have been consuming a uh, lot of audio books and podcasts of yeah. um, other professionals in the health, wellness, longevity space, mm. and there has been um, a litany of um, of contrarian views, which mm. are, are interesting to us, um, and we will become more specific and and identify uh, such resources over time. But for today, I think there can only be one thing, when, and I'm going to take the words out of your mouth to introduce this topic. Um, in your words, and I know you're happy to back this up, you believe, and I'm happy to defend you and back this up as well, there is a truckload of health scare and food scare in the current landscape around yeah. what it takes to be healthy and live a long time. Would you be happy to expand um, on that leading statement? Yeah, absolutely, PC. Um, and there is. There's a heap of health scare and, and food scare around at the moment, and and I don't quite understand why. It's pretty clear-cut what's happening in the longevity space. Like it's it's very easy to work. It's easy to see what's required in order to live a long time. Um, you and I have been speaking about this for near on 600 episodes. Um, 
Is it near on 600? Near on seven, yep, near it, on is, it is approaching 600, yep. Is it? I don't know. Near on eight, nearly 1,000 episodes. And <laughs> like, you and I have been talking about this for a long time. But still, there's new commentators coming out with new books and new podcasts who um, put themselves up on the dais as the number one, as the expert, as no one any better than they, hence the reason why they name their podcast after themselves. Um, or they, um, yeah, anyway. So, and as a result of that, they come out with some outrageous statements and shock, jock, clickbait commentary that makes people um, fearful for the decisions that they might make. And what's worse is that they might tout themselves as a researcher or an expert in the field and so it gives them a credibility rating which jumps. Um, and because they're out there in the public, in the domain, and they're on the video, and they're on the podcast, um, and it's easy to see, and they're wearing a suit with a white shirt, um, and they've got doctor at the front of the name with MD at the end of it, it makes them sound like, as an authority, that they are everything that they say is 100% accurate and true and not debatable. And anything that is debatable gets pushed down leg side, maybe for four <laughs> buys, or possibly kept by the keeper. But I'm frustrated because some of the stuff, some of the rot that I've heard in the last seven days from podcasts and links that you've sent me and books that I've downloaded has burnt the oracles of my ears. And I, I'm worried that the stapes won't be beaten to the drum that I need it to be to. And so I'm in trouble. We might have lost the art of critical thinking. Well, speaking of the art of critical thinking, you've made a couple of comments in there that has uh, probably gone to the core of where I see us as consumers. When I say us, I mean us as hosts and I mean everyone that's listening here as consumers and us, uh, Damien and myself here as consumers in that where is the agenda? And mm. right now in the wellness longevity space you've got an all meat diet called the carnivore diet mm -hmm. you've got a no meat diet called the vegan diet mm -hmm. on the vegan side of things the concern is that it seems like so much grain and seed and fruits and vegetables are sprayed and those sprays are now being exposed for what they are as um, not just chemical but contaminants but drivers of disease and then on the other side You've got a whole lot of conjecture around uh, modern agricultural practices with not much, I suppose for me what I find is there's a really convenient um, obscurity around wholesome practices on both sides of the coin of, yeah. of, of animal protein and fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds and so on. It's either the way we raise animals for eating is really bad and the way that we um, – grow uh, seeds and grain is really bad. And so as a consumer, I'm like, how how do I win here? If I'm vegan, I'm having contaminated grain and seed and fruit and veg. If, I'm, if I want to eat meat, I'm, I'm killing the animals and the earth and how dare I and so on. There is no uh, what seems to be um, common sense conversation in the middle. And, and you as a practitioner are almost caught in the middle of that because you see consumers every day that I would have no doubt, uh, if, if I'm confused listening to it, 
they their minds would be absolutely boggling. They'd be so discombobulated when it came to food, they'd have no idea where to go. Yeah, oh, most certainly. I feel like pee in the middle. There's no doubt about it. Like people are so uh, people are confused, and so as a result of being confused, what ends up happening is people just default to what it is that they've always been doing until they get sick. Right, so you know, if they're already sick or they're overweight or um, they've got heart disease or they're on the verge of diabetes or they've got, I don't know, dementia or whatever's going on, like if it all becomes too difficult, then they will just continue to do everything they've always done. Um, and what's worse, and we know this from other conversations and other health issues, other health decisions that people have to make. No one wants to make the wrong decision. So. You know, if you've been made to feel wronged um, or that you've been stupid because you chose to eat a chicken egg um, or you're going to get diabetes because you've had skinless chicken breast, which is 23% fat, like if, you, like if you've been made to feel stupid by someone who puts themselves up on the dais at number one as the expert, unequivocal, unopposed, like if that's how you've received the information you're either going to jump and go in that direction to write it and then become evangelical about it or you're going to push right back and go, no, definitely not doing that. That's way too hard. That's not for me. So then you go back to what it is that you're doing even though you probably need to change and do something different anyway. But it's become, it's about, it's been, it's become now about scaring you into making a decision um, and, and that that's not healthy or healthful for anybody. So... Some people might be wondering why we're not naming names so directly here and, and direct resources. We we both want to complete and compile um, a well-resourced list here. So we're talking philosophically based on our own views around longevity and our own, uh, let's call it anecdotal research, not stuck in a lab, but anecdotal research of over 10 years of not just interviewing centenarians but actually living with uh, some of the most well-lived people on the planet um, around Europe have been doing that since 2016. So we're not coming from a knee-jerk reaction. This is somewhat measured um, and will become more thorough over the coming weeks. But I suppose, Damo, what I am curious in as a as an interested ex-vegan, around the vegan diet in the context that we've been consuming it or listening to the to the more modern content is it being marketed as the ultimate weight loss diet Mm. Um, and, and it's the cleanest, healthiest way to lose weight. Um, my, my issue with this is that it doesn't, well, and, and this is where I, I, I you know, I don't want to, I don't want my bias to get in the way here with all diets, but particularly I would say the vegan diet, cause I was on it for so long is that there doesn't seem to be a very harmonious conversation around resuming animal protein. Once you've gone on this diet, it seems to be that once you've gone on the vegan diet, um, you should be a vegan. Like your yeah. identity should change, and yeah. there's some shame and guilt. You have to in, identify as a vegan. Yeah, there's some shame and guilt in resuming animal protein. You may have become stupid in your decision making process mm. to resume consuming animal protein. There is yeah. some conversation at the moment that animal protein is addictive. And if you go vegan and then reintroduce animal protein, yeah. it's almost like going on a sugar-free diet and, and the sugar kind of sucks you nah, back No, what in. he said, what he said was it's, <laughs> it's the food industry's version of crack. He basically said, he said that- Oh, you're getting you, tight now. You've given him agenda. 
if you've given you, him agenda. If you yep. eat animal protein, it's like having um, amphetamines. Um, and and he was like, you'll become addicted to it, and you're addicted to it, and it it transforms in your bloodstream into um, essentially the same as morphine and cocaine and all this other addictive, you know, stuff. And I was and I that was when I nearly crashed my car on Dandenong Road just before Williams Road. <laughs> I I couldn't believe it. I nearly got a speeding ticket because I floored it because I was trying to get away from the rubbish sound that I was listening to, but it was stuck in my speakers. So I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But it's, so th- this is where I go with this, PC, is that you're right, there's no middle ground. So remember we – and we've spoken about this before because we've interviewed Dr. John Martini, and he talked about pendulum swings, right? So he goes, there's a pendulum swing in one direction. And he says, in one direction, we're going to be vegan. And then, bang, in the other direction, we're going to be carnivore. And somewhere in between is probably the truth. And then I think I've been saying that too, and I've been now practicing for nearly 30 years and in nutrition, in the nutrition space. And it's going to take a lot to convince me that the middle ground is not the right way to go. Mm. Like, it's going to take a lot. Um, in fact, it doesn't matter, you know, what research this dude's doing. When he starts to uh, quote references from the Adventist 2 study, which is now nearly 20 years old, I I cringe because it's old data, old research. And the other thing is too that if you were to go vegan and you were to lose weight, you have to remain vegan in order to keep the weight off. And particularly mm. he's saying a low-fat vegan diet. So essentially you're not even having plant oils because – Fat has eight calories in it per gram. I think he said nine calories per gram. It's eight to nine. Um, and carbohydrate has four calories per gram. And so, you know, and he also reckons that you're more thermogenic and you burn more fat if you eat carbohydrate than if you, you know, eat other types of fuels. But he ignored the insulin resistance component and then argued that insulin resistance was caused by fat finding its way inside the cell without any other purpose almost accidental every single gram of fat that you consume goes into your protein into your muscle cells and then you and then effectively cooked but the vegan program that this guy is promoting being low fat and essentially low protein or low amino acid causes starvation to the body no shit sherlock are you going to lose weight of course you are because you're malnourished and then he says, you've got to take a B12 supplement. He doesn't really say that. He says, oh, it's just that the body got it wrong and digests and manufactures B12 a bit too far down in the digestive tract, so you can't really absorb it. So just take a B12 supplement. You'll be right, just like you would if you took a multivitamin every single day. Just buy it at the store. Because it's at the store, it must be fine, must be safe. It's FDA approved. What a wally anchor. And so I like to tell you what, the stuff that was coming out of him, there was more dribble there than a two-year-old's bib. It was ridiculous. Keep going. This is so good. This is so good. Uh, uh, I almost feel like we are compelled to give the identity and the link in the show notes as a result of this. Well, uh, are you comfortable or do you well, want to wait? No, nah, because I really like the podcast that it's on. Like, and I don't want to name and shame the podcast, but what I've found no, is- the, I, I commend the podcaster for doing the interview. Like, I, We both said, you said it before me, that his manner in interviewing the guest was awesome. Like awesome. that's the way an interview should be done. Awesome, so good. Like everything, like it was. It's such, it's such a well put together podcast. It'll be second to a hundred not out now that we've got Min on on our production schedule. So you know, but let me say, let me tell you this. 
I love I love that podcast. I love the presenter's accent. I love the way he asks questions. I love his inquiry. I love um, his skepticism and his cynicism. I love the stories he tells. I love the way he baits the expert to come up with content that's relevant and real. But what I really struggled with was the blatant lies and the misinformation that came out of this guy's mouth. Um, but people will take it as for real and, and seriously. So in this podcast, I don't want to say the name of the podcast. No, but I'm not going to court the... or jail for that. Yeah, we are not I, naming I the podcast. I don't it in the show like notes this. so people can go and investigate and listen for yourself. Um, so I think that's that's fair and reasonable because I love that podcast and I listen to the podcast because it's a cracker. Um, and he's got a really calming, soothing voice, and it reminds me of a mate of mine, Ben Vickers. So I really like it. But I, I, I just, I'm really riled by the hardline misinformation from this vegan expert because I think that some vegan meals and a vegan lifestyle is probably really good for you. But you still are going to need to have supplements if you're going to be vegan. So why not eat something that's real, like something that is not highly processed so have some good quality animal proteins like fish which he demonizes and like eggs which he makes people sound like they're little packets of hiroshima or like makes like makes stuff up like you've got to have high quality protein and it's really important and you're not going to get it from lentils and mung beans let me tell you peace love mung beans and unicorns that's not going to happen you need to have high quality proper protein Reminds me of my old nickname when I turned vegan. It became Mungbean. That was my nickname. <laughs> you did used to get called Mungbean. Oh, that was my I nickname know. at the footy show. G'day, yeah. Mungbean. G'day, mate. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, two things. Yeah. We often get asked, "Where's the science in longevity?" Mm. And medicine will point to the lab and twenty-year studies, thirty-year studies. We like to point to the litany of guests on this podcast that are a 100-plus-year study in how to live a great yes. long life. Take it or leave it, folks. Lab rats or, to be specific, mice as the subjects of the research or real human beings sharing their stories. You choose how you want to consume your research. The second question or point, this is a question. In the episode that we were that we have been consuming, which we are not linking to Min because there have been things said on this episode that could become legally incriminating. In that episode, there was no conversation around, uh, in my understanding, and I want to throw this open to you, Dr. Damien Christoph. there was no conversation around excess carbs consumed by the body that are not necessarily required in that day or period's um, energy expenditure being uh, what I would say transformed to fat in the body. So if I have four cans of Coke in a day and my body doesn't need that much sugar, then it will transform or hold onto that energy, store it as fat on my body for the day that potentially I am without food. And when I'm hungry and I've got no food, well, I've got my eight to nine calories per gram of fat that are sitting around my waist and that's going to keep me alive. Now, either I've got it wrong or the guest, the doctor, the very highly esteemed vegan medical doctor researcher has got it wrong. Um, I'm happy to be wrong. I just want to know, where does this stand? Because I want to know, and I'm sure everyone else does as well. Yeah. Well, I think what this particular doctor did was he tried to make the story way too simple. 
And as a result of that, he made really big leaps. Um, and at some points I felt like in the podcast, he became a little bit religious about it. So it was a bit dogmatic. There was a little bit of stuff in there that he's kind of used in his descriptions um, that are stories that now he probably believes is fact. Um, and you're right, PC, because because carbohydrate is a fuel that needs to be used um, or stored, um, and it has very little value in the body uh, except for when it's required, um, like and that needs to be immediate. Once insulin's done its job and it's shunted carbohydrate or glucose into the cell, any excess glucose that's remaining in the body either gets stored in the fat cells to protect the brain because if you have uh, excess carbohydrate or excess glucose running through the, the bloodstream, it's bad for your brain. And that's, you know, and bad for other organs as well, like kidneys and liver and so on and so forth. Like you don't want to have a lot of sugar running through the body. So he talks about um, a disease called NAFLD. Um, or is that somebody else? That's another one. That's the other one, the other book I've listened to. It talks about non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. That's a direct relationship to carbohydrate consumption and artificial sweeteners, right? You know, so... The, what the body's trying to do is to take it out of the bloodstream. And so it's either going to be packed as triglyceride into your fat cells or it's going to be released through the kidneys as glucose in your urine, which is known as diabetes. Now, you're diagnosed with diabetes when the system becomes poorly functional and it malfunctions. So there's a lot of protective mechanisms in place to shunt and move carbohydrate around in the body. And so you're either going to burn it, and if you exercise, you'll burn more. If you don't burn it and you don't exercise it, then you're going to store it in the muscle cells for immediate use for when you do exercise. And then if you don't happen to ever get through the stuff that's stored in around the muscle cells, then you're going to store it in your fat cells. And if you, if you run out of space in the fat cells, then you're store it in your liver. And so that's going to get it with the fatty liver. Um, and then, then the sugar comes out in the urine. And so it's a long way down the track that things become kind of dysfunctional and then diseased, right? So stuff happens down the track, but he, he failed to talk about that and he blamed obesity and weight gain and cardiovascular disease and stiff carotid arteries and his experience in the morgue and all this sort of stuff. He blamed all of it on fat as the demon and the more devilish of the demons being animal fat. But he, he did actually point to the only solution being a low-fat vegan diet, which is a low-fat, high-carbohydrate, low-protein diet. And um, and for me, there's enough research, enough evidence to suggest that that's a, like a poor recommendation for the population at large. But let me just say, if someone's eating poor food and they are sick, any strict regime, whether it be vegan, keto, paleo, anything that's extreme will get the weight off. Mm. When, he, when he said that the Mediterranean diet didn't work to help people get the weight off, it's because it's designed to help you live a healthy life. Now, part of your body's protection against your environment that you create, which is a carbohydrate-rich environment, is to store body fat. So if you've got body fat on you, it doesn't mean you're going to die. It just means that if you don't stop it, then it, it could promote other other diseases. But there are many overweight people that make it to 100 years old. 
You don't have to be lean, mean, and you know, and green like a fighting machine to be able to live to 100 years old or 80 years old or 90 years old. Like you can be overweight and live to there. You've just got to be healthy doing it. So he made it sound like if you're carrying any fat, then you're pretty much going to die. And so it was it was really rough. Like it was very health scare, food scare from this one particular person. I'm going to end it there because we could keep going and going and going. I'm not, and, and I know listeners are going to get frustrated by the fact that we're not linking to it, but the lesson here for everyone listening is to recognize that whenever you're listening to any podcast, this one included, there is a bias. Our mm. bias is towards the middle way. We are have a we have um, an, a, a radar for anything extreme, and we are unapologetic in our bias being a middle way, what we would call common sense approach. Doesn't mean that we're right and others are wrong. It's just that we're different, and we don't like it for consumers and in Damo's role as a health professional that his community and us as a community of consumers are being almost purposefully confused and mm. clickbaited to be tempted or preyed upon by our I'm not skinny enough, I'm not strong enough, I better go on this extreme diet, whether it's carnivore, vegan, and so on. And so this episode, yeah. rather than being a, a character assassination of one person or another, it's not. It's just a fierce disagreement with an extremist approach to food and health. Um, I think it's important that we don't put the link in here. If you can read between the lines and you think you might know what it is, go and have a listen. That's fine. But for now, just be very lucid on the fact of are you being sold an agenda or are you being presented with quality information that everyone has a bias but that leans towards the way that you would like to live. So, Damo, I have loved every bit of this episode and I love it when you tee off and I'm just going to think of more Podcast to send you, headlines, <laughs> articles, audio books. I am going to get your goat up so bad so yeah. that we can actually um, get more of this because this is, as, as much as people don't want to admit it, when we clickbait our listeners, as everyone gets clickbaited these days, you listen, you take note, you are paying attention. We actually need to be, whether we like it or not, clickbaited to have our attention um, put to one thing or another but ideally it's put to something that helps our lives improve rather than injects us with more fear or confusion or disempowerment so thank you damo for teeing off because i think it wakes us up to actually go oh my gosh why am i trying to go carnivore or why am i trying to go vegan oh my gosh i'm 15 percent body fat or i'm 23 percent body fat like who cares Yep. Relax, Max. Be strong. Be vital. Love your life. Eat with your family and friends. Yeah. Enjoy your piece of cake. Just don't have yep. the whole cake. Yes. There was a guy, just before we finish up, firstly, I apologize for yelling down the microphone today. I got a little bit heated. Um, but there was a guy I was watching on the Instagram uh, the other day and he um, and and he he showed another Instagrammer who had said, I'm going to eat all of these I don't know, let's say it's Maltesers, and he goes, it's 800 calories. Now I'm going to run until I burn off 800 calories. And so he worked out it was like nearly 10 Ks of running to burn off 800 calories. And he went to town on him and said, well, when do you actually eat the whole packet? Just enjoy your life. And it was such a great message was that your body is going to burn off most of the fuel that you consume on a daily basis just with your just with your basal metabolic rate, just with how you live your life for the most part 
as long as you're doing a pretty good job with your health, most of the time your body will burn off most of the fuel. If it's not burning off most of the fuel, it's not the one packet of Maltesers that you ate, it's everything else that you do in your day. So think about what it is that you compare back. You probably know what it is. It's, and it's highly unlikely to be that one packet of Maltesers you mm-hmm. ate on Monday or Sunday, sitting down with your partner watching a movie. It's not that. It's something else that you're doing every day. You know, we've got a few topics here. Min, can you write this down? We've got to talk about acute versus chronic because that's exactly to your point. The acute, you know, one thing that you had on Sunday is very different to the chronic daily morning tea muffin or whatever it is that it might be. Um and the same with other health practices. So I want to do that. And the whole guilt and shame about burning it off, that's another conversation. Yeah, right. It's, it's like deeper than emotional eating. It's the guilt and shame around that. Um, and we've also got to talk about guilt and shame around eating out versus eating at home because you, Damo, oh, love you your daily that? lunch out of home. And that topic, which will be on our next episode of 100 Not Out, you will tee off because I know this cuts you to the core. So nearly, that is our I next nearly episode. had a stroke. I nearly <laughs> had a stroke watching that. I couldn't believe it. So we'll share that on the next episode of 100 Not Out. Until then, if you want to hang out with Damo and I and a group of like-minded longevity enthusiasts, we are in Ikaria, August 22 to 31 this year, the Greek island where people forget to die. Then we're off to Sardinia, the Italian blue zone, September 1 to 10. Come to one, come to both. You choose. All the details are at 100notout.com. As we record this, the groups are almost being finalized, so don't dilly-dally. If you want to go to Europe this year, go to 100notout.com for our longevity experiences. Until next time, thank you for listening, and may the rest of your life be the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.